hello, welcome from the Rookery End. Uh, it's Tuesday evening. Uh, we're off to the Arsenal, Michael. Yeah, mad dogs and Englishmen go off to Arsenal on Tuesday night. <laughs> um, uh, we're about to see this game, which is sure to be amazing, uh, after what was an incredibly disappointing game. And after, when we have to talk about disappointing games, there is only one man that we can bring onto the podcast after being eliminated number 28 in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> here is David Levy. Hi Dave. Good evening. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to start with you with analysis of, uh, of Sunday rather than, than Mike. Um, the two of you are going to give me something um, analytical, but also, uh, oh wait, maybe Michael's got through it. It's been a few days. Um, you, 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 let's start with you. You saw that team. The last podcast we talked about what was the team going to be, and I sort of hoped that we'd have a strong team against Millwall, a weak team tonight, and then a strong team against Burnley. But it wasn't. It was a hugely changed team. What did you... Did you, did you get what you expected? Yeah, the team, I got what I expected and so did the team, I think. It's a bit of a bizarre strategy because having not requested that the tonight's game, uh, as we're walking through the rain to the Emirates, get pushed back to Wednesday, which was in our right, you kind of thought, well, that means that we're going to go for it on Sunday, try and win, rest some players for tonight's game and then try and win Saturday's game, which is huge. But we kind of didn't do that. We played a weakened team, got what we deserved. And, you know, you'll have, the listeners will have read and seen it for themselves. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Embarrassing to be on the BBC. And Mike, like Mike, I was just going to say, there was a buzzword I knew that David would use. And it was the word embarrassing. It's your hot word on, on uh, Twitter, oh, really? David. Oh, yeah, you said quite a lot on Twitter, yeah. Oh, um, I'm, I'm, but, 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 but say, it, it was absolutely embarrassing. It was absolutely terrible. But with those players, none of them had played together in a full, any decent length of t- game, competitive game, at any point, ever, I suspect. So, what was it that was disappointing? Mike, what was it that was disappointing then? Well, you say, I mean, Watford have only played the same team twice all season, so they've only named the same 11 um, for two games in a row this season. So starting with a, with, a, with a changed team is nothing new for this, for this Watford side. What was wrong with it? Well, y- you tell me. It was flat, it was listless, it was without purpose. Um, it was just uh, it was flat. There was just nothing happening. And these were players who were on the, on the fringes, potentially, were still in the transfer window at that stage, potentially paying, playing for their Watford careers. Um, or at least trying to get their, play their way into to Matsari's plans. And to get a performance like that against, all right, Millwall are doing okay, but they are two divisions below us. Um, you look at that side that was named, it was decent. It was decent enough to win that game if they performed to their full potential. Not a single one of them put in a, uh, a performance that was worthy of the, uh, well, of the name performance, really. It was, it was dismal, it was directionless. Um, and as Dave says, he was absolutely right. It was embarrassing. The bit uh, that really sort of uh, hit home, I think, with Watford fans was hearing on TalkSport um, from uh, the goal scorer, Steve Morrison, uh, from Millwall, um, about his opinion of the Watford players. And uh, thanks to TalkSport, uh, this, is, this is what he said. All these players that played yesterday, apparently, are the ones that, if anyone gets injured in their starting eleven, are the players are supposed to step up and do a job in the Premier League. But... Um, 
I didn't show up yesterday. Well, but, um, the old manager was having a the whinge there, manager, saying they're more like wrestlers and footballers. It wasn't that physical, was it, the game? Nah, to be honest, I've, I've never had a bunch of players moan so much. In all my life. <laughs> and, uh, really? It wasn't, there wasn't even anything going on, really. And uh, yeah, it was just the normal stuff that goes on on a football pitch. And yeah. uh, they didn't want it. And um, it showed because uh, we walked away with the victories. That, for me, was the most thing. Yeah, another player saying that they're moaning about things. That's surely a cultural, surely a uh, an ethic, let's say, in, in, in a team? Yeah, it's an attitude, isn't it? Yeah. There's a way to lose, there's a way to win. None of us as Watford fans mind seeing Watford lose because, let's be honest, in the fullness of time, we're used to it. But there's a way to lose and there's a way to apply yourself. And they just simply just didn't do that. And that's, what, that's why it's embarrassing because if you don't apply yourself... It's, that's just embarrassing. They're professionals and they just didn't turn up and that's why it's so bad. But we have a new game this evening, Michael, with what you would now call a strong team. You probably, after the game on Sunday, were like, oh, God, I'm not even going to bother coming tonight. Why should I bother coming tonight? It's going to be terrible. We're going to lose 5-0. What's the point? What? How are you feeling now, though, as we head towards the Emirates? What for the playing? So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'll never get to the stage. Where were you? Were you like that on Sunday? No, I was absolutely mortified. Of course I was. And the clip we just played from Steve Morrison was the probably one of the most um, uh, upsetting things to hear from uh, from, a, from a supporter's point of view I've ever heard. And yeah, all right. I think he was probably being a bit bit cheeky. He was twisting the knife in a little bit. He was using his, his moment in the spotlight to make sure that uh, make sure that everyone sort of talked about him for an extra 24 hours. I think, but. Uh, yeah, it was mortifying to hear it, mortifying to hear it, but what for the playing again? And that's, you know, that's what being a football sporter is all about. You get up and you go again and you, and you cheer them on. But what you'd, like to, what you'd like to think is that that's been an uncomfortable 48 hours in the Watford camp. Some of them have, have, have taken the sort of mantle up, they've taken, the, uh, they've taken responsibility, got their heads together and taken a long, hard look at themselves because performances like that cannot continue. And I think it's because of the fact going out of the FA Cup is one thing, going out of the FA Cup to a lower team is another. But doing it on the back of a host of other poor performances is what's got everyone's hackles up, I think. You can, you can accept going out to, to a lower league side because they raise their game and so on and so forth. But that comes on the back of four, six, maybe even eight weeks of real, real indifference from Watford. They haven't shown anything, they haven't shown any organisation, any threat. And now this is the opportunity against one of the finest teams in the country to put it right. No one's expecting us to win. What we are expecting is a performance, and it's the least we should expect. What would be a performance? What, what is it? Is it just the, you know, that whole thing you said on, on Sunday? There was no purpose, and the, 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 the sort of th- moment for me was there is no depth to this squad of knowing this is how we play because yeah there was 20 minutes at the beginning where you had a bunch of players who not played together didn't quite know each other need a bit of settling down time yeah absolutely get that but then when they were up against it they didn't really know all right lads you know plan b let's go i don't buy the fact there's no depth at all what for the uh, the, the Pozzo, gino and and Scott and, and people at Watford have invested heavily in, in no, this No, no, that's depth of, of, of player ability. That's not depth in terms of team. Yeah, but that's something that only they can sort out, and that's something that they must sort out as a, as a matter of urgency. What, what would represent a good performance tonight? Them walking off the pitch with their heads held high, not feeling like they have to scuttle off down the tunnel, feeling like they've embarrassed themselves and the supporters. And Watford supporters are able to come out and discuss a decent contest with Arsenal, because we've seen 
the past two times we've played teams in the, in the top sort of echelons of the division, Liverpool and Tottenham, we have been swatted aside with a minimum of effort from the opposition. Liverpool absolutely destroyed us and Tottenham it was just an absolute walk in the park. It can't happen again tonight. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be yet here at the game. We'll, we'll talk about it at the end. We've also got to talk about, because tonight is the, the, the transfer window closes again for another winter. Uh, we'll talk about what's happened, what the state of the Watford squad is going to be like for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll have a chat about that to uh, our mate David Cameron Walker, who is also here with us at the Emirates. Uh, and, yeah, just... Uh, Oh, let's hope all you just said, Michael, comes true. Of course it will. Come on, you want it. Yellows, yellows. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Was that you, this bowl, Michael? Apparently so. Um, yeah, he's just rifled it in from what looks like about 400 yards. <laughs> Might have taken a sneaky little deflection on the way, but we won't let that ruin it. What a sight. We just watched it on the big screen. Yeah, massive deflection. Perfect. <laughs> we Okay, Michael, how long were you playing? Uh, how long were we playing? Uh, 15. 15 minutes, it's Arsenal, uh, Arsenal New Watford 2. And quite frankly, we've come out of the traps absolutely flying. They've done everything we asked them to do so far. Arsenal haven't really enjoyed it very much. And uh, Watford the only team in it so far. Uh, looking forward to it being 5-2 to Arsenal, obviously, but <laughs> unbelievable. Great stuff from Watford so far, and a deserved lead. Superb! OK, right, so half-time, um, Watford are 2-0 up here at Arsenal. And, and Mike, what I, could have done, what I could do after this podcast is... I could delete what we did before the game, how bad it was on Sunday, how terrible it was on Sunday, how it's one of the worst performances we've seen, because this has been a complete turnaround. Well, on the walk here we said we wanted a reaction, you asked what a good performance would look like, and I think that 45 minutes is exactly what a good performance would, would, look, would look like. They came out and they set the tempo, they didn't look worried, they didn't look nervous, they just set about doing a decent job, getting the ball forward, generating a bit of momentum, everything they haven't done for the last two months, everything we complained about on the walk here, as they turned it around. Uh, Doyama looks superb, Niang down the left, they look like they've, they've, hit, they've, they've got a good understanding already, and there's just a bit of confidence, they're zipping the ball around, they're asking questions of the opposition, regardless of who it is, um, they're just doing a much, much better job, um, and they're looking great out there, a superb first half of football from Watford, let's, say, let's call it what it is, great stuff. Dave Cam Walker, you're here, and you must... Do you think their formation has anything to do with it? That it's 4-1-4-1? Well, perhaps. I think the most important thing is that that is the best first 11 we've had on the pitch for quite some time now. Niang has made his first start, chucked in at the deep end, looks good. Cleverly's had a few weeks of bed in, he's there, he's a good, experienced player. We've got that, we feel more solid with that back four because we've been asking recently the wing backs who haven't been playing they've been playing out of position and you know and so he, he's, he's kind of played it safe a little bit said well just stick four defenders on cross the back four we can rely on them and they look like they're doing well so far but you know it, it just underlines how important it is for us to have our best players on the pitch and we just haven't had that too too often this season we've had makeshift teams in makeshift positions and this 
you know, tonight, so far, it's 45 minutes in, I don't want to jinx it, but it looks good because we've got most of our best players on the pitch playing well. I don't, I don't think it's all just down to having our best players on the pitch. It does, I agree. It looks like a, a very different side to the one that took the field against Millwall in terms of experience, in terms of class, in terms of capability. But we've had decent players on the pitch before and haven't seen a performance like, like that. And I think I think it's a well-known fact that if you get at Arsenal, they don't they don't necessarily like it. They expect to they expect to have the ball. They expect to have the right to play, and we haven't given it to them. The problem we're going to have is obviously keeping that momentum going. Uh, Alexis Sanchez looks absolutely superb every time he gets the ball. But everything the only thing they keep doing it only ever goes to him. Yeah, but that's all it needs because he can unlock the, the the world's best defenses. But I think Dave's got an absolutely it's a, it's a very sensible point to make. It looks like a Premier League football side out there. It looks like a team who can who can perform. And, but the difference is each of them is doing it to the best of their capability. We've seen uh, Etienne Kapoor has had uh, a box of Chinese fireworks left over from, <laughs> from New Year and he's had them inserted up his ass um, by Walter Mazzari and he's making a nuisance of himself all over the pitch. He's doing what we know he can do. He's beating players and then he's keeping the ball moving and getting it wide, getting it forward momentum. It's difficult to get when it's not working and I understand it. You know, we, we, we say, come on Watford, you can do better than this. It's hard when you're playing poorly. But this, today they've set the tempo, they've come out hard and fast, they've had a bit of luck with the first goal obviously, but they earned the right for that bit of luck, which they haven't been doing so far. So it's a, just a terrific, terrific performance from Watford, it's going to get increasingly hard as the half goes on, um, but we, we've walked on the, on the way here we wanted a performance, so far so good, but they've done everything we could have possibly wanted from them. In the same way it was important that I'm not going to delete how we felt before this game, it's important that if we get to the end of this game, and then we aren't still winning it, that we don't delete how great this first half has been in the, the story of Watford this season. On to the second half. and it was 2-1 to the Golden Boys! They saw it through, absolutely superb performance from start to finish. The second half very different to the first, we knew they were going to have to hang on and for the large most part of it they, they stayed organised, they stayed composed. A few little moments they did that little Watford thing when they had an opportunity to get rid of it with two minutes left on the clock or whatever and tried to fiddle around with it. But largely speaking, that was uh, superb from all. It's magic. Magic, David. Was it magic for you? I mean, I'm a bit disappointed we lost the second half. <laughs> no, it was incredible. There's the Undertaker right there. No, it's incredible. I had passion and pride and work rate and an energy and everything was great. Yeah, of course we rode our luck. They were Arsenal. Look at them. Look at what they spent on players and wages. We've got some of the best players in the league, maybe the world, playing for them. And... How can Watford be so different from Sunday today? It's just amazing, so happy, brilliant. It is going to be a nice historic away game. We've beat some big boys at home, but this is going to be good. But of course, Michael, I'm going to beat you with your cynicalness here. We've got to keep it going. We've got to do well on Saturday against Burnley. And I'm saying unchanged starting 11. Well, yeah, look, I'm going to enjoy the moment. You can hear it all around. This is absolute carnage here at the Emirates. Everyone's celebrating and quite rightly taking time to uh, enjoy what was a magnificent performance. I get that certainly in the circumstances, what we've, what we've been watching in the last couple of months has come from nowhere. So let's take time to enjoy it. We said as football supporters, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. 
We've got a little half an hour of smooth now. Let's enjoy that before we look ahead. But yeah, absolutely. They've shown it tonight. They've laid down a marker, a benchmark. Why can't you do that again? They tore into an Arsenal side tonight and took them to the cleaners. Uh, there's no reason we can't do that again. But that's the thing. We, 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 we turned up against loads and loads of big teams. We almost got a result of Chelsea. We beat Man United. You know, we've done this game. We, we turned up against those teams. But we haven't always turned up against the little teams, and that's really what they've got to do now. It's a very Watford thing, isn't it, too? When there's a big day or someone that you think you should beat, then uh, they struggle. Yes! <laughs> um, but yeah, that, look, they know they've shut, they've done some marker in the sand. We said uh, midweek on the on the on the Twitter account at Watford Podcast. If you're on Twitter, give us a follow. We said, look, you've got to we've got to deal with that, deal with Millwall, compartmentalise it, put it to one side. But then the, what, what's important is once it's happened, is the reaction. It's happened. We've got a reaction. Quite a reaction, an unbelievable performance from the boys. Don't worry about, don't worry about what we've done before. Don't worry about Burnley's a tricky game. Go out and play like that. They'll, uh, they'll get the job done. They've shown they can do it. Do it again, and then again. As you know, this, we're back. We're back. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the rookery end. Okay. <laughs> Only has today been uh, the win uh, away at Arsenal, 2-1. Let's say again, 2-1 away at Arsenal. Uh, it is the end of the transfer window. Um, we're on the website and our Twitter feed, uh, Apple Podcast. You'll see our, our updated depth chart, which will be up in time for uh, the 1st of February. Um, we, we only saw three come in. Uh, and we saw four leave? Yeah, four left. Igalo, who I think, Mike, we've got to say, you know, it's important that, yes, he hasn't played and scored goals recently, but it's important that we say how much that man actually did for this club. Yeah, I have to say I'm a little bit disappointed with the uh, ease and the uh, and the sort of almost mickey-taking that, that, that greeted that news. And you can't, it's impossible to, to not recognise what that guy did for us. And... He had an incredible scoring run, the likes of which is very rarely seen at Vicarage Road. He's very rarely see a, a Watford striker in that sort of in that sort of striking form, at least, certainly in recent history. So, well, there's no, I don't think it's overstating it to say we wouldn't be in the Premier League, we wouldn't be enjoying the nights like tonight if it wasn't for the contribution that that Igalo made. Now, I think it's also important to say I think he was an architect of his own downfall in some respects. I think his attitude was potentially questionable the way he held himself and whether he perhaps contributed enough in games is was something that I know uh, played in a lot of supporters' minds. But that said, that's not the way he plays. That's not what he is. That's not him as a footballer. Um, and I think it's a bit harsh, therefore, to judge him on the last year almost, which has been, you know, let's, let's not get carried away. We've beaten Arsenal tonight, but we've, we've played some pretty uh, turgid, um, turgid football over the last sort of year, so the second half of Kike's year, and uh, it was, it, it, we didn't give him much chance to, to shine. So... He'll be disappointed. I'm disappointed with the way it's ended for him. Absolutely, you know, he'll go down in Holland's history one way, one way or the other. He was a uh, his flame burnt bright, but it burnt briefly. And yeah, I just I just wish him well. He's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, really. It's sort of it, him him going will 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 get will get lost, I think, in the in the in the euphoria of, of this win. Uh, but I think it'd be remiss of us not to not to sort of say chapeau to. Odin Igalo, he did, he did well for us, he, did, he was strong for us, and uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was on its hero for a bit there. Uh, we, the other one out was we had um, uh, Guardiola was sold, 
Um, and I think uh, that's a bit obvious. I think you know he definitely showed on his return. Yeah, he was able to do stuff in the in the championship, but has never really had the the togetherness that a player needs in the Premier League. Uh, Paredes has gone out on loan, but you suspect that will be permanent. And and Sinclair's gone out on loan, and he hopefully he'll come back with a little bit more experience and and, and hopefully with development could be a member of this. But let's let's talk about the, the ins. Just just before you oh, do, God. I think to a lesser extent than what John just said about Igala, but Gediora, I mean he's not been great this season and maybe some people won't be sad to see him go but he, he deserves he got his place in Watford history as well he made a big contribution to getting us out of the championship scored goals made goals really important and who can forget that goal right here at the Emirates last season a, a, an unforgettable moment probably the highlight really of last season He's, he's not been good enough this season. He's, he gives the ball away a lot. I think I don't. I think it's, it's no surprise that he hasn't managed to sustain it at Premier League level. Not just us for Palace and for Wolves. He's probably a good Championship player, not quite cut out for a, a, a consolidated Premier League side. But we, we should very much see him off with an, with an applause as well because he played his part in in this this era. I think I, yes, you're right. I might have over over skirted him a little bit. Um, but then the, the boys have come in. Uh, we've had um, uh, cleverly returning. Uh, we before, have before we oh, start. No, okay. Before we talk, before by the way, just you know, uh, I'm going to edit this on my phone, so there's not going to be a lot of editing. So, Mike, the, yeah, this, this, this is exactly how Mike normally interrupts me, but normally I edit it out. Before we stop about the um, about the outgoings, I think it's important to to, to recognise. But a lot of people have, have questioned the Pozzo model in in recent weeks in terms of some of the transfers coming in not not doing well, and we we haven't sold people on. But what we've actually done, if you look over the last 12 months, we've shifted a lot of a lot, lot of what for players out for a decent amount of money. So you, I think you're looking at 55 mm. million quid, yeah. and they haven't bought them in for anything like that. And that gets lost, you know, because it all adds up over time. Just like it gets lost when people are asking for people coming in, you forget Darian Matt nine million quid. That you know, millions of pounds here, there, and everywhere coming in. So the the the, the, the model works, and I think this this transfer window shows that we've got good money for Igalo. It didn't cost us much. Um, so they can; those guys can do a deal. They they know what they're doing, and I think there was a lot of premature sort of gnashing of teeth. I think is a bit strong, but they would do it. They they know what they're doing, and I think uh, I think this window shows it. So the player we saw today was um, showed with a man who's just turned up, played a, you know a majority of the game, but not the whole of it. Um, I think David Levy was with us, turned around to us in the first half, and went, "He's a player," and he seems that way, doesn't he, David? He certainly does, and I think he's he's a player that probably hasn't completely found found a home really throughout his career. He's been bounced around from club to club, gone out on loan here and there. But I was speaking to someone who, who knows about European football and Italian football the other day, and said last season when Milan had a good period, he was he was central to, to a lot of the good things they were doing. So you don't play for a club like AC Milan week in week out if you're not a good player. He's clearly got ability. I think his show had been thrown in the right at the deep end tonight. He could have he could have hid, could have wilted. He didn't. He took the ball. He took responsibility. He beat players, and he was, you know, especially in the first half, he was he was a big reason as to why we were able to be on the front foot so much. And we're going to need to see that consistently. You know, he's, he's done it now. He's got to do it against Burnley next week and subsequently after that. But so far, so good. First impressions, very good. What excited me about about his debut is the way he linked up with Jan Matt. I think Jan Matt was sort of bombing forward as as is his want, and he seemed to have, have forged an understanding very quickly. And I think Nian just gave them an out. So Kapu was getting forward, Yanmat was getting forward, and what's, what's, where we've struggled before, 
okay, you've got into a good position, and then there's no out ball. There's no the next. There's no next phase. And that in the first half, particularly, well, only the first half really. I think there's a bit of a a bit of a rear guard action in the second. But that's what exactly is, as, as David points out there. He he was making things happen. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. As we were, as we were talking about the next game, and you, you rightly said we've got to make sure we carry on this momentum. Uh, and, and Dave's absolutely right. He has to now. They've all laid down markers tonight. There's nowhere to hide for these guys now. They've shown what they can do. They've done it to Arsenal. There's absolutely no reason and no excuse why they can't do it for the rest of the season. Um, the other man who's come in who we don't know anything about, haven't seen yet, is uh, Zerati. Uh, Jason talked about him on last week's podcast. You know, he's a player who hasn't necessarily uh, been the most uh, carefree and um, uh, easy to get on with player at some of his former clubs, but he plays a certain role, definitely filling in, you think, the Pereira role. Um, and he might mean some changes into how we set up. You know, do we have to go with one up front if, if a player like him plays? and we'll see how that goes out but the, the, the one who, who's returned and it, 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 it's lovely it's always nice to see a, a friendly face uh, it's cleverly and we've already said how much of an impact he's already made he did it again tonight yeah and I think it's funny how supporters need something and it's someone they recognise coming in it's very, it sounds very simple very basic but as at Bournemouth the other, the other Saturday and people just gravitate towards him as being something helpful in the team and, and they, they sort of can um, yeah, just just recognise his value to the team straight away, and his value to the team has been good. He's, he's, he came on as a sub um, and looked decent, and he, he ran the game. I think at Bournemouth, he was one of our better players, and then again tonight. So it's funny, isn't it? All of a sudden, it looked like everything's clicking into place tonight. Um, very important not to get not to get carried away, but key signings did their business tonight. Cleverly was, was good again. He allowed he allowed Capu to, to get into a game. Where have you been, Etienne? We'll have a bit more of that. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, everything everything went well tonight. Everything clicked, and, and the new signings shone. They did they did really well, and they looked like they've added to the to the squad and the, and the team. Momentum now. Let's let's not waste this. Thank you very much for listening. Um, this podcast will be up as soon as I can edit it on my iPhone. Um, but uh, just to point out, there's a brand new episode of Hornet Heaven out tomorrow. Uh, it's a Graham Taylor special. Um, uh, it's not quite what you think it's going to be, but it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's Graham and it's his funeral tomorrow, Mike. Um, uh, there's a, a big event coming up at the end of the season. Um, there was chance today. The man's not going to disappear, and that's vital, I think, to making sure that we remember what Watford is all about. Yep, yeah, he will stay an intrinsic part. The sort of that initial pain, that initial shock may have worn off, but you can tell tonight the this team that Graham Taylor is obviously held in. The chance was still ringing around during the game and on the final whistle and, and after the game. Uh, you know, we've lo- we've lost someone incredibly special there. Tomorrow will be another emotional day. Wednesday will be another emotional day for for Watford and, and not just the football club and the supporters, but the town as well. He gave so much to to so many people that. That we know so many people that live in Watford and the area, and uh, over over a, over a generation or two. So, um, yeah, still, you know, that uh, it's still it's still a shocking thing. It's still you still see the picture, and it and it feels real now, and um, still a bit numb. But yeah, I, that's a, that was a belated sort of uh, tribute, I think, to, to Graham Taylor. I think he'd have been very proud of that performance tonight. Uh, the other one is uh, we let Hornets uh, disappear and uh, leave us. It's always quite sad. I uh, got in touch or uh, Shona Watts got in touch with us. Um, she, her father, who's a lifelong Watford fan, uh, died in November. Uh, if you go on Facebook, uh, you can have a look uh, for Way- uh, Dave the Wave Foundation. Uh, she's setting up uh, a charity, uh, virtual charity uh, walk that you can get involved with uh, to help raise the money for, for cancers. And unfortunately, we lost 
lost a, we lost another a big Watford supporter this uh, in the last couple of weeks. And uh, uh, Lee Eggleton, the guy who I worked with, I knew very well. Huge Watford fan. If you if you're at a Watford game, you could you'd almost certainly bump into Lee. A lot of you will recognise him, even if you don't know him. Um, so massive condolences to his his friends and family. He's a big loss, uh, uh, a big loss, a huge family man, great guy. But yeah, huge Watford fan. So yeah, another one gone too soon. So uh, yeah, condolences to Lee and his uh, to Lee's family. Uh, we have got some games to come. The season isn't over. But we've beaten Arsenal tonight, and that is a celebration to have wherever you are. Uh, Mike, I'm going to make you do the Come On You Horns to finish the podcast. We're back on track. Come on, you Hornets. <laughs> Come on, you Hornets! A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans. From the rookery end.